Nicola O'Brien, Kelly Crichton on show. Welcome to Force Force Five Fox? Fox Force Five. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hello, sister. I keep doing this because I'm mad. Uh, did you hear that there's going to be a Hoax Books too? So I'm like, all about the sister. <laughs> I've never seen it. <laughs> oh, I'm not even going to react with the. It's your generation, Nicola. Hocus you're, Pocus is 93 or something. You're half, you're like half a generation down from me. And it's yeah, your more people your in their twenties watch that, you know. I disagree. I disagree now. You're just uh, just weren't cool enough. <laughs> I was so cool when I was twelve. I wanted nothing to do with it. <laughs> yeah, probably that's true. Actually, um, uh-huh. no, they're going to. Yeah, they're making another one. So there you go. So it's in my head. I was reading about it. Earlier. I did hear they were making another one. Yeah, is it the same cast and stuff. Yeah, same cast. Uh, most of them hmm. are the same. Well, the, the Pet Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and. Oh, the other girl whose name I keep forgetting, but they're all still in it again. Yeah. Yes. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, hi, sorry. We went off on a tangent there very Hello. quickly. Oh, sorry, yes. Um, Hello. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to Fox Force 5, people. Um, we have been recovering from a sick slash wild weekend in this house because we had visitors and we went to the Connect Festival on Saturday and we had a vomiting sandwich around that of people being sick at the start of the weekend and the end of the weekend so we've had a time of it sandwich (laughs) yeah so um so yeah it's been um a trying time with people I was off work until today and I still was off school and it's been yeah Mm. a bit challenging but all good now we're back on track and even made it out for a run today remarkably so feeling a bit more like a human being and don't have much on this weekend thank god because I'm sick of going. Uh, How was your weekend? How was your weekend? Um, Very good. What did you do? I was home and um, we had a lovely time at the barbecue on Saturday. It was very nice. We had unreal Mm -hmm. food and uh, everyone was in very good form. So we had a good old laugh. And mom even sang an old ditty, <laughs> which was like America. Yes. And uh, yeah, <laughs> everyone was in very nice form. Yeah, some of the neighbours called. It was very nice to meet them, the new neighbours. And uh, we were in bed by half ten. It was very nice, though. Had a lovely one. And then me and Jer went out for a bit of a lunch on Sunday and a couple of drinks in Mark at the end of the summer. And uh, that was it. It was lovely. The weather's been unreal here. It's like still really hot, like 23, 24 constantly, which is lovely. But I'm getting to the point where I'm like kind of ready to whip out the nice autumnal clothes, you know. Oh no, uh, I'd be hanging on to summer like, ugh. Yeah. I know, maybe for another few weeks, but uh, yeah, no, in one sense, like it's still so hot at night time, you know, we're kind of, I wouldn't mind. No, it's got uh, kind of crisp here now, like. Cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the mornings mm-hmm. are cold, right? So, um, mm-hmm. but no, we, um, yeah, had a lovely weekend, lovely weekend, thank you. Uh, nothing on this weekend, absolutely bloody delighted uh, for that, mm. so I uh, can't wait. We literally have not stopped going, I would say, to, since... Maybe the second week of May. I've had something on yeah. every single weekend. So mm-hmm. besides hemorrhaging money, uh, just hemorrhaging my uh, levels. Energy. Of, yes. Energy. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. yes. So all good otherwise. Looking for, actually, we're going shopping for bathroom stuff. So exciting. Oh, wow. Maybe picking cool. out our bath and stuff. So that is oh, nice. Awesome. Nice thing to be doing. Yeah, I think, yeah, there's a, well, for you, definitely there was the whole getting married and all that kind of celebrations going on. But then I think there was like a kind of a say yes to everything, kick the shit out of it vibe this summer, wasn't there? Um, So, yeah, 
yeah. I think. Let's keep doing that, Some but let's though. take little breaks in between. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it was a great summer. And like, I think it's, you have to remind everybody that for two years, we didn't really have a proper summer, you know? Mm. So it, like, mm-hmm. I feel like even for me, I'm like justifying all the stuff that we've done, but like, fuck it. We had nothing for two years, so we might as well enjoy life and, yeah. you know, so we, for two years we weren't, so, you know, but yes. So shall we crack on today? Because I know you are up zoo balls. Under pressure, yeah. You're recovering yeah. from your two days yeah. of being away. Yes, exactly. Cool. Okay, number one. One. So this is the content we've been waiting for, Nicola. <laughs> mm, go on. Tea drinking could be linked to lower mortality. Finally. Oh, well. Finally, we're doing something right. Mm-hmm. And I'm currently drinking a cup, so this is the news I needed to hear. Yes, tell me more. The findings of a new study suggest that black tea, even at higher levels of intake, can be part of a healthy diet. Thankfully, new research has found that such pleasures may have health benefits. A study of nearly half a million tea drinkers in the UK showed that higher intake of the beverage was associated with a modestly lowered risk of death. Led by researchers at the National Cancer Institute, part of the National Institutes of Health in the, in the United States, the study analysed the potential mortality benefits of drinking black tea. Black tea is the most common type of tea consumed in Ireland and the UK, also known as breakfast tea, which took me years to find mm-hmm. out. Um, yeah. The analysis involved 400,000 sorry, 498,043 men and women between the ages of 40 and 69 who participated in a large cohort study and were followed up with for 11 years. Researchers found that people who consumed two or more cups of tea per day had between a 9 and 13% lower risk of death from any cause than people who did not drink tea. That seems substantial to me. Mm. Um, higher tea consumption we're was also associated... We're forever. <laughs> we're all going to live longer than people who don't drink tea. Um, higher tea consumption was also associated with a lower risk of death from cardiovascular disease, ischemic heart disease and stroke the National Institute of Health said in a statement. It added that this was seen regardless of preferred tea temperature, the addition of milk or sugar and genetic variations affecting the rate at which people metabolise caffeine. I thought that was pretty interesting, wasn't it? No? Very interesting. Yeah. Very. In- it is very interesting. One thing I would hmm. say is um, don't do like I did today and eat uh, these Nutella biscuits. <laughs> Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. I've yeah. only had two, okay? I've only had two. They're like but they look unreal. Each. Oh, they're unreal. So uh, I would oh. highly recommend. Uh, so don't do oh that because you may get cardiovascular disease Nutella biscuits, or obesity. Like, one or the two, other. two words. <laughs> Two words yeah, asking they, for trouble. Yeah. You're like runny in the middle. So when you bite oh. them, like it's runny Nutella. Oh my God, they were an algae yum, today yum, yum, yum. and I had to get them. They are absolutely unreal. But I'm rationing them. But I brought them to the desk to show you. <laughs> so it wasn't just me. No. <laughs> Not to have them at arms length. Like. <laughs> yeah, that's I have to, no, I have to um, hide them so I can't see them. Yeah. So that, I think that was some, some good news to start the week. So there you go. Drink tea, people. I mean, we all kind of know tea has like a emotional comforting element, I think. I think they probably could do a, yeah. a mental health study on the benefits of tea for your mental health and a cup of tea. And actually, a year, years ago, I worked on, a, when I worked in PR agency, we did a brand campaign for Barry's or Lions or somebody. And one of the things was, you know, it's good to talk kind of thing and the cup of tea, having the chat over the cup of tea. Mm. So, um, yeah, there you go. 
Oh, for Number sure. One. Like Irish people and probably mm-hmm. British people, it's therapeutic. Like I feel like you do associate with that. Same if there's mm-hmm. like a trauma or something, you know, one of the quickest things after, even if grief is like tea, you know, you wouldn't necessarily be drinking coffee. It's like tea, 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 tea. Yeah, tea for shock. Yeah. Hot, sweet tea for shock, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Number two, over to you. Two. My number two this week is um a strange one. So I was recommended to watch this. A lot of people were talking about it. The Sandman on Netflix. Mm. Um, it has like three hundred million hours of viewing or something. The first couple of weeks, that's how popular it's been. Um, so I a few people recommended it to me actually because I like fantasy kind of stuff as we would, you know. Mm. Um. It is based on a graphic novel. It's a comic book. Um, and it's very popular with women, apparently, because it's kind of fantasy-esque, you know, like kind of about like the Sandman and like angels and dreams and all this kind of stuff. So apparently it's very popular with women compared to men. Mm. Um, but I didn't read it. It is a DC comic, but I, I didn't read it back in the day. And mm. basically what it's about is the, um, the Sandman so he basically creates dreams and nightmares and all that stuff Um, and he Mr. Sandman yes exactly Um, and it's all about you know that there's good dreams and bad dreams and that there's nightmares that sometimes escape into like the real realm the waking world as they call it and all this sort of stuff so I'm not going to go into it much with you in terms of like the storyline but that's kind of look it's about him um and kind of it starts really abruptly like so you don't really get a lot of background in the first few episodes you're like what the hell is going on now I kind of liked that because I was a bit intrigued by it um it's it's an it would I would say it's like rated 18 in the sense like it's very violent not okay. very sexual or anything but there is quite is a like bit a- of violence in it it's kind of it's kind of that kind of film noirish but not yeah. really like but not that's quite kind horror of, no, no, it's not. It's not. It's not scary at all. Oh, it's more just fantasy-ish. Um, okay. But if you like that sort of stuff, I would recommend it. Now, I do yeah. kind of feel a bit. Some of it, I still don't really understand what happened. You know that kind of way. <laughs> yeah, some of those fantasy things, you are a bit like, huh? Yeah. Yeah, but it's worth the watch. It's interesting. Good character development. There's some good actors in it. Like the guy who plays the main, um, act, the main actor in it, who plays the main character. I don't recognize him at all, but apparently loads of women are getting hot for emos again and this kind of look because he's like very, yeah, yeah, he's very, Tom Sturge, Sturridge is his name, Sturridge. Um, I Google him, you'll kind of see what I'm talking about. Like he's very you know, thin, very dark, mm, very pale, big dark hair. Heroin cheek. Yeah. Yes, kind of. Mm. And apparently loads of women have the hats for him. I don't get mm. it now, personally. Mm. But, uh, yeah, good story. Like a bit of a love story, a bit of a kind of family kind of story. And it's very fantasy-esque. There's a touch of mm. like heavens and hells and all that stuff as well about it. Mm. It's very popular. A lot of people really enjoying it. It got 87% of Rotten Tomato, which I kind of usually go by. So it is worth mm. the watch, but it's a bit weird. So just... Uh, a bit different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the other thing then, I very late to this, but we were only watching the second season of The Morning Show. Did you watch The Morning Show at all? No, you don't have Apple TV. No. I must give you my uh, account because uh, it's very good. Apple TV now has some really, really good stuff. It's the same mm. with the Five Days of Memorial. We were watching that's Apple TV mm. as well. Um, mm. And the new Irish TV show, The Sisters, The Bad Sisters, is oh, yes. TV, which a lot of people are yeah. talking about. I haven't watched it Sharon yet. Sharon Horgan and that, yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. but... Um, 
that's the other thing we're watching again very good that's excellent Jennifer um, Aniston Renee Zellweger like the cast is unbelievable oh this it's about what's it called TV. this morning the morning oh. show the morning, the show. morning sorry. show sorry yeah we talked about, about it before yeah mm. yeah but uh, the second season was out during the summer or maybe early maybe springtime and um, I've only just started watching it and the interesting uh. thing about it like Steve Carell is kind of the baddie in it you know he's been accused of all like sexual assault and sexual misconduct and like we know he's done it but you kind of feel sorry for him in the second season it's kind of more building on that a little bit and it's very mm. interesting and it's also a lot about like questioning you know what's right and what's wrong these days like in once in one yeah. scene the weather guy mm. Um, says something like, oh, the groundhog is my spirit animal. And then there's uproar about it because he said spirit animal and how that can't be said anymore. And so, like so it's a very interesting look at media. Cancel culture and everything. Cancel yeah. culture and all that. It's very different to the first season. Like, I mean, it's the same as the first season in the sense that it's still about the morning show. But mm. I feel like they're developing that side of it a lot more in the second mm. season. Questioning so yes. modern narratives yeah, and absolutely. stuff. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. yeah so, cool. yeah, new series. We have watched hardly anything because of all the madness over the weekend. Mm. The thing I did watch that I wanted to talk to you about uh, is I finally finished the most recent series of Grey's Anatomy. So if anybody has not done that, maybe switch off or fast forward for like a minute because it was a bit of a revelation, wasn't it? Like it was unlike any other finishing of the series before. What do you think? So, okay, so yeah, so we can spoil it. So, if people are going to fast forward, so we're yeah. going to say what the things happen now. So, yeah. Bailey's left, and mm-hmm. Meredith kind of has to take over because she's fucked it all up pretty much. Well, that's her first time stepping into the chief yeah. role, but she, she chief sacked role. off her boyfriend, Nick. They had a big fight, yeah. and she told him to get last. And then, which I was kind of glad about because I wanted her to get with the Irish fella. I want him to come back. But he's um, gone. I don't know. Yeah, but he might come back. back. That was kind of yeah, weird. Yeah, that was weird. And then, yeah. um, but they do, do they do do that sometimes where they'll give you two love interests and they'll wait and they'll play the long game and they'll bring back the one that's right for them, you know. Um, because that Nick guy is sickly sweet anyway, I find, you know. Yeah, um, he is. He's a bit of a, I don't really like him. Too good to be wholesome. But um, anyway, yeah, they did have a bit of burning in this last episode. And then you have... Um, it's not all bad, actually. Um, we have Hunt and his missus are, have taken off as well because he's in trouble, which I thought was so unrealistic that he would run from the cops with the kids um, because he's been involved in euthanizing soldiers. And yeah. then you have um, Catherine is Catherine and Weber have gone off to like travel for or something. We're just told they've left. Um, but it seems like it seems like I'm forgetting everybody's names, but the son and um, his missus that used to be in it before might become more prominent in the next series because he has to run the foundation now that they're gone. Maybe, maybe not. So Joe is still there, but there's lots of negative things happening and loads of people have, loads of people have just seemed to have left. I was like, bring it just back the Yang. Very final. Yeah. It feels very, and, very final. And the, the regist- the, the, all the um, interns are gone. Because the the thing is closed down, so it's like, whoa, yeah, where do they go weird. from here? So Very maybe it's final. a big like it kind of feels yeah. like it is final, you know. But obviously they're doing another season. Like I mean, they can't keep flogging the horse. Like you know, it's gonna die eventually. I don't like, think they can. I mean, there's a few more series left in it. Um, <laughs> I don't know how many but, seasons of you was there? There was only like seventeen or something. 
of your. It's kind of, I think they kind of set it up well, though, because Meredith's kind of left on her own to pick up all the pieces and, and kind of, you know, save the hospital, as it were. But it'd be great. It's a great opportunity for them to bring back some old characters if they want to do that, I think. Um, yeah. There you go. Yeah. I wonder what realistically there is in terms of series, like how many more than maybe they like they have to write it with that in mind, I think, you know. But, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yes, it was very final. Indeed, I agree with you on that front. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. There you go. And yeah, we can move along. That was all my TV for this week. And I was so um, sick when I was watching it. I was actually nearly like upset about the whole thing. <laughs> I was like, what is going on here? Right. So moving along. Number three. Three. Right, our fox of the week this week is actually the daughter of a fox we spoke about previously. So, um, Mary Wollstonecraft Shelley, author of the renowned gothic novel Frankenstein. Uh, We spoke about her mother, Mary Wollstonecraft, before the renowned feminist who wrote A Vindication of the Rights of Woman. Um, Her father was William Godwin, who was a political philosopher and intellect. Um, and she was inspired by her parents and became a writer herself, clearly. Um, in 1814, Mary began a relationship with poet Percy Bysshe Shelley. Um, Percy Bysshe, should I say? Blah, blah, blah. Percy Bysshe Shelley, should I say? Percy Shelley was a devoted student of her father, but he soon focused his attentions on Mary. He was still married to his first wife when he, he and teenage Mary fled England together that same year. The couple were accompanied by Mary's stepsister, Jane, uh, Mary's actions alienated her from her father, who did not speak to her for some time. Mary and Percy travelled about Europe for a time. They struggled financially and faced the loss of their first child in 1815. Mary delivered a baby girl who only lived for a few days. Later that year, Mary suffered the loss of her half-sister, Fanny, who died by suicide. Another suicide, this time by Percy's wife, occurred a short time later. Mary and Percy Shelley were finally able to wait in December 1816. After she married him, Mary entered a social circle of famous writers, including poet Lord Byron. The Shelleys were in Switzerland with Jane Claremont, Lord Byron and John Polidori that summer. The group entertained themselves one rainy day by reading a book of ghost stories. Ghost stories. Uh, Lord Byron suggested that all they should try... Lord Byron suggested that they should all try writing... uh, try their hand at writing their own horror story. It was at this time that Mary Shelley began work on what would become her most famous novel, Frankenstein, or the modern Prometheus, as it is also known. She published a travelogue of their escape to Europe, a history in of a, a history of a six-week tour in 1817, while continuing to work on her soon-to-be-famous monster tale. In 1818, Frankenstein debuted as a new novel from an anonymous, from an anonymous author. Many thought that Percy Bysshe Shelley had written it since he penned its introduction. The book proved to be a huge success. That same year, the Shelleys moved to Italy. While Mary seemed devoted to her husband, she did not have the easiest marriage. Their union was riddled with adultery and heartache, including the death of two more children. Born in 1819, their son Percy Florence was the only child to live to adulthood. Mary's life was rocked by another tragedy in 1822 when her husband drowned. She was widowed at the age of 24. Shelley worked hard to support herself and her son. She wrote several more novels, including Valperga and the science fiction tale The Last Man. She also devoted herself to promoting her husband's poetry and preserving his place in literary history. For several years, Shelley faced some opposition from her late husband's father, who had always disapproved of his son's bohemian lifestyle. She died of brain cancer on the 1st of February 1851, aged 53, in London. She's buried at St Peter's Church in Bournemouth, laid to rest with the cremated remains of her late husband's heart. 
how dramatic. Um, it was roughly a century after her passing that one of her novels, Mathilde, was finally released in the 1950s. Shelley is considered by many to be the mother of science fiction with her melding of fantasy, science and horror in Frankenstein, a work that has been adapted numerous times for theatre and film, as we all know. So there you go. Hard time to be a woman like and to be a successful woman and to have such a success with such a book, you know? I don't think so, I knew it was a woman for years. Yeah. I actually mm-hmm. wrote Frankenstein like for years and years and years. So mm-hmm. yeah, mad. And I think that that was probably not exactly, you know, a big need, a big thing. Like, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know. But mm-hmm. um, on that front as well, there's a, they're talking about making like the fact that Bram Stoker was from Ireland, like a bigger mm. thing as well, you know, and kind of the Bram Stoker need, Festival of some sort. To, yeah, that we need to like cash in on it more, you know. <laughs> so I, I actually it. read a novel by um, Joseph O'Connor, who's Sinead O'Connor's brother. He wrote a book recently oh, yeah. about a fictional book about Bram Stoker, Stoker, which is, oh. I actually enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like his most recent publication. But, um, about him writing the book and all the struggles he had in writing the book and stuff, you know. Um, so there you go. That was Fox of the Week, Mary Shelley. Over to you, Nick, number four. Four. Very good. Uh, two things this week. So the first thing, I'm kind of reluctant to recommend it because it's very dark. But if people have a, and again, like we, you obviously recommended a podcast as we haven't got around to it yet because I was in the middle of this one. But, um, it's very dark, so I don't know if people want to listen to it, but it is highly fascinating. And what I would say on it is maybe just skip the fourth episode because that one's very, very dark. Um, but it's a podcast about, it's called The Root of Evil and the mm-hmm. true story of the uh, Hodel family and the Black Dahlia. So it's all about, you know, the Black Dahlia murder was obviously extremely gruesome, very haunting, like, because obviously it was never solved, all that stuff. Is this kind of LA? Are we talking LA in the fifties or something? Is it? Yeah. Well, I think it was like nineteen forty-seven or something when she was murdered. But she was cut in two, and like really graphic stuff was done to her. Like bits were taken out, things were put in, sewn up. Like it was absolute, like really dark. So it's one of these cases that people are kind of fascinated with because it's so dark and like Mm. really disturbing, like really horror film stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, and um. It's about, so they, back in the day, there was this, um, doctor. They always thought it was a doctor because it's such surgical things were done okay. to the body. Yeah. And it's about this doctor who was a, um, suspect at the time, but mm. that, um, they couldn't really prove, but they didn't know, okay. know like the extent of, of him being a, a suspect. And it's about his grown up son who was in the police who heard that he had been a suspect back in the day starts looking into it and is now like fully convinced his dad murdered uh, the no Black Dahlia and was a serial killer. He's dead. He died like yeah. I think 10 or 15 years ago at like 92 or 3. But it's very dark because it's about the family as well and he was just uh-huh. a bit of a sick human, you know, so he did bad stuff yeah. to his family. Like there's like sexual assault and stuff like that in it. So the fourth episode is extremely dark. It's like just about like basically the things that were done to the family of kids and stuff was very dark oh, but the story about mm. the actual doctor and mm. his son thinking he did it is fascinating mm. so it's only a seven-parter and it's the daughter his grandchildren 
two d- girls who go through the story and stuff and even okay. their mother's story is mad it's fascinating like the whole family story is fascinating it's just very dark like they had a very wow. bad life but the story about the doctor and stuff is really fascinating so again I don't know if people will be interested in it it's very hard listen it's very mm-hmm. true crimey but so mm-hmm. interesting to hear it from kind of the horse's mouth of somebody who basically they think that their grandfather murdered this person Jesus. you know Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a very dark one for this <laughs> for this week. Um, mm-hmm. And again, I know we don't always like recommend podcasts, but I, I listen to an awful lot of them. Um, mm-hmm. But that one, I just found it very unusual, mm-hmm. you know, in its content. But so tell us the name left. of it again. Sorry. It's called uh, The Root of Evil, the true story of the Hodel family and the Black Dahlia. Um, mm. I skipped the last episode too because it's kind of more about the family themselves. I was kind of more interested mm. in the crime aspect of it. Mm. But like he was a dark person. And like even as he like, there's like one bit, for example, he was older. He um is sent to, oh, sorry, he comes back to America and he buys an apartment overlooking the graveyard that the body is buried in. Oh, for and God's sake. So it's like so obvious that it's this no, guy. It's all stuff like that. Yeah, mm. and they talk about that load. Like, there's loads of stuff like that, but mm-hmm. they could never pin it on. So it's very interesting that one. And then the other thing, it's really quick. It's just I really enjoying the Vice News app on Instagram. <laughs> mm. I just really like Vo- uh, Vice News. If you want something that's like not very heavy all the time, like it is very mm-hmm. accurate. They like can can you give you quick snippets of news about things, and I really enjoy that mm-hmm. rather than like following the usual like Sky News or mm-hmm. RG News and stuff and being you know stuck in the Irish news as well as everything else. Mm-hmm. I'm just following Vice World News, and it gives you like give like a really good thing last week about like Pakistan and all that. Like it's just kind of to the point news mm-hmm. updates. So mm-hmm. I'm following them on Instagram. So give them a follow because they're it's just good like straight to the point news. So I enjoy it. Vice News. Vice World News. So yes, over to you. Number Good stuff. Five. Okay, number five. Five. So in music news this week, I just thought this was a funny story. Um, the monkeys, Mickey Delenz, would like a word with the FBI. <laughs> the group's last surviving <laughs> member is suing the FBI after they failed to hand over the band's J. Edgar Hoover era FBI file. When the Monkees launched their inaugural tour in 1967, they played to throngs of screaming teenagers and at least one FBI informant. And I quote, During the concert, subliminal messages were depicted on screen, which, in the opinion of the informant's name, constituted left-wing intervention of a political nature, reads a document in the Monkees' FBI file. These messages and pictures were flashed of riots in Berkeley, anti-US messages and of the war in Vietnam, racial riots in Sel- Selma, Alabama and similar messages which have unfavourable responses from the audience. This tiny portion of the band's FBI file was released to the public a little over a decade ago and now Mickey DeLenz, the group's sole surviving member, has filed a lawsuit against the FBI. The 77-year-old musician is hoping to see the rest of the file after failing to get his hands on it via Freedom of Information Act request. Um, this lawsuit is designed to obtain any records the FBI created and or possess on the monkeys as well as its, as its individual rem- uh, members, reads the suit. Mr. DeLenz has exhausted all necessary required administrative administrative remedies, so FOI and all that stuff. Um, the monkeys may not seem like the kind of band that would attract the FBI's attention, especially during a time when groups like Country Joe and Fish and the MC5 were leading the movement against the Vietnam War. But the monkeys were one of the most popular bands in America in 1966 and 7, and they sprinkled anti-war sentiments into songs like Ditty Diego War Chant and even Last Train to Clarksville, which is a song about a man headed off to war and wherein he fears he'll never see his love again. So there you go. Mickey DeLenz fighting the FBI. <laughs> so bizarre. Hilarious. What a bizarre, bizarre story. Weird. Bizarre. But, but like, I mean, the stuff that went on at that time is all a yeah. bit like, you know, 
paranoia and you know everyone it was like everyone who wasn't in like a, a, a collar and a suit and tie was like you know hippies were just like the worst people in the world you know what I mean yeah, or anyone who wasn't totally. towing the line you know so yeah. um yeah so funny but it'd be interesting, interesting to see Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the music again. news for this week, Nicholas. Very so, um, good. Very good. We've uh, we've already told everyone what we're doing this weekend, which is basically nothing. It's Effie's birthday, actually. So happy birthday, hey. little Effie! The big tree. tree. Mm-hmm. Hey. The big tree. Yep. <laughs> so uh, we are doing um, we are doing soft play and McDonald's, and we have a Mar- and we have a Mario birthday cake. <laughs> Yay! Is he like Mario so now? It's funny. <laughs> that's the celebration for Effie's birthday, and then she can uh, join in in Estelle's birthday party in a couple of weeks. But um, yeah. taking it handy, so yeah, should be cool. Should be cool. So um, enjoy your bathroom shopping now. And uh, thank you very much. Thank you. And getting... we got our wedding photos today, so I'm gonna go yeah. shoot those. Some are oh, nice. Some nice. are horrific. That's I think the way people <laughs> feel. It's like oh god, but some are nice. Yeah. So oh, that'll be cool. Proper look at nice them. To sit down, yeah. have a glass of wine, and go through all of them and read nice. up the date. Be cool. Yeah, Absolutely. I'm looking forward to seeing them. Yeah. yeah so, kiddos, we'll be back Thanks again next everybody. week. Um, I think the, the Irish Podcast Awards are still open. If you want to vote for us, go to their website and just put in Fox Wars Five and. Uh, we would be very, very grateful. And we'll be back again next week with five things you need to know. In the meantime, take care of yourselves and each other, as Jerry Springer used to say. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.